Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing in worship with us today. And I say that intentionally because as we come near the end of our The Walk series, our topic today is share, sharing your faith. So we're glad that you're here to share with us and us with you. And uh, we thank you for being here. We've got uh, Reverend J.T. Brown and the Reverend Isaac Dusenberry, along with the Blaine Chancel Choir leading worship today. So we hope that what we share with you will be a blessing, and we thank you so much for being here for that. That includes those of you worshiping with us online. Thank you for your presence there. We count you, we appreciate you, and we know that you are there. And I call your attention, if you're online, to our homepage at blaineumc.org, where you'll find our order of worship calendar of events, our e-newsletter, uh, and also our Connect card, a digital version there. For those of you in the pews, you'll find it in the pew pockets. Connect, grow, and serve. Please fill it out as it applies to you, particularly if you happen to be a guest. We would appreciate information so that we can stay connected to you following today's worship. Just drop it in the offering plate as it passes you later in the service, but thank you for doing that. I'll remind you, as I told you about last week, we've got coming up Trunk or Treat. That's on Saturday, October the 30th, 5 p.m. over in the Family Life Center parking lot. Just bring your trunk full of treats and the kiddies will take it from there. But we'd still need some trunks, businesses, classes, organizations, individuals, whatever. If you'd like to be a part of it, just call the church office and we'll tell you how you can do that. Then that following Monday, November the 1st, it's our 27th annual golf tournament um, down at Caledonia in Pauly's Island. Still room there for just players and for sponsors. So if you want to get tied in with that event, which uh, goes to help our missions programs, we would appreciate that. Just call us at the church office also. And then on November the 11th at 11. So that's 11, 11, 11. Can't forget it. Our annual Veterans Day luncheon is back over in the Family Life Center. This is a complimentary uh, luncheon for veterans, veteran spouses, or spouses of deceased veterans. So we would love to have you be a part of that. It's always a wonderful, wonderful morning uh, when we all gather together, red, white, and blue, wear it, and um, just RSVP to the church office on that. So we hope that you'll remember that. Uh, Veterans Day luncheon, November the 11th at 11 a.m. Tomorrow morning at 11 a.m., we will gather together here to celebrate the life of Carolyn Malcolm, who passed away yesterday. And in keeping with our tradition, I would ask you now, let us pause for a moment and say a prayer for this one who's gone on before us. If you'll bow with me, please. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, may they rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. Amen. On Sunday, November the 7th, we will remember all of our saints that have moved on to the church triumphant in the past year, and of course, all those who've gone on before that. That is All Saints Sunday, Sunday, November the 7th. We hope you'll be with us for a very special hour of worship that day. You know, during this uh, health crisis that we've had, um, some families have not been comfortable with having uh, services for someone who has moved on, and we understand that. So on November the 7th, we can recognize all those. But one of those is Tom Yohe, who passed away a few uh, weeks ago. Tom worshiped here in the sanctuary with us and served as an usher. And in lieu of a service for him, we've been requested to play a special song. So our prelude today is in memory of Tom Yohe, uh, something that he requested. So now as you center your hearts and minds, 
Prepare yourself for worship and listen to this. Trust in the Lord and do good. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good.
Today we will share the story of our faith using an affirmation from page 888 in your hymnal. I would invite you to turn there, turn there now and please recite with me the affirmation. This is the good news which we have received in which we stand and by which we are saved. Christ died for our sins, was buried, was raised on the third day, and appeared first to the women, then to Peter and the twelve, and then to many faithful witnesses. We believe Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one of God, the firstborn of all creation, the firstborn from the dead, in whom all things hold together, in whom the fullness of God was pleased to dwell by the power of the Spirit. Christ is the head of the body, the church, and by the blood of the cross reconciles all things to God. Amen. seated. Well, good morning, church family. My name is Pastor Isaac Duesenberry. I'm one of your associate ministers, and it's a wonderful day to be worshiping with you in the sanctuary. Welcome again to our friends online, and thanks for being with us today. As Jim said, today we're going to be talking about the importance of sharing in our faith life. And part of my job as pastor is to share with you testimonies, experiences I've had with God, how I've seen God at work in the community. So I would not be doing my, my job if I didn't share this story with you. Now my son Charlie, now that he's two years old, I've been telling him about God. I've been telling him that Daddy teaches people about God and talks about God. Daddy works at the church. I tell him how God has made all things. God made all the animals. God made all the plants. And you can see the wheels turning in his head. Well, today at breakfast, as we were fighting over pancakes, he looked at me and completely unprompted said, God made golf balls. <laughs> Again, I just wanted to share that theological insight <laughs> with you all. and Do with it as you will. I invite you now to join with me in praying our collect found in your order of worship. Thanks be to thee, O Lord Jesus Christ, for all the benefits which thou hast given us, for all the pains and insults which thou hast borne for us. O most merciful Redeemer, friend, and brother, may we know thee more clearly, love thee more dearly, and follow thee more nearly for thine own sake. Amen. It's a great day here at Blaine, especially because we get to welcome new members into our fold. So at this time, I would invite Bob Corley and Ed and Janice 
Oric to please join me in front of the altar. Don't be shy. Now, Ed and Janice, remind me where y'all are coming from. Granite Falls Methodist Church. Granite Falls Methodist Church. And where is that? North Carolina. North Carolina. Well, welcome to South Carolina. It's a joy to have y'all. Now, Bob has been with us for a long, long time, and he's finally making it official. So we're glad to officially welcome you into the life of the church, Bob. Now, I have some questions for y'all. Please listen carefully. As members of Christ's universal church, Will you be loyal to the United Methodist Church through Jesus Christ and do all in your power to strengthen its ministries? If so, please say, I will. As members of this congregation, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? If so, please say, I will. Church, members of the household of God, I commend these persons into your love and care. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love. We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love. As members together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Amen. And may the God of all grace, who has called us to eternal glory in Jesus Christ, establish you and strengthen you by the power of his Holy Spirit, that you may live in grace and peace. Welcome to Blaine Memorial. It's an honor to have y'all. Let's give this new family a hand. Good to have you, Bob. A reading from the fourth chapter of Matthew's Gospel. Let us prepare our hearts and minds for the Word of God. As Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. So his fame spread all throughout Syria, and they brought to him all the sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains, epileptics and, and, and paralytics, and he cured them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee to Jerusalem, to Judea, and from beyond the Jordan River. 
the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Almighty God, 
In the fullness of time, you've shared with us the gift of your grace, your love, and your salvation. You are the light of the world, and we hope to share that light with others through acts of service, acts of love, and acts of mercy. Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would anoint and sanctify us this day as we've gathered in your name to praise and worship you with our whole hearts. We acknowledge those of us with broken hearts this day, those who grieve and mourn the loss of loved ones. We lift those names of those families now. The family of John Brong, the family of Charles Bannister, the family of Doug Matthews, and the family of Carolyn Malcolm. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. And may we continue to put our trust and faith in you, Lord of all things, seen and unseen, as you guide us on the path of righteousness. We are your humble servants, Father, who seek to follow in the footsteps of your humble Son, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Please be seated. Good morning again, Blaine family, Pastor J.T. Brown, and I'm honored to have this chance to preach today. I'm grateful for everyone who's here with us in person, for everyone who will watch this online. I'm grateful for the ways you all support our ministries here. And when I think about all that we can accomplish when we work together, it always makes me excited. The other day I was just sitting down to prepare this sermon and my fiance Kate called me. She asked what I was doing and I told her I was just settling in to start writing a sermon. And she said something that caught me off guard. She said, JT, you're not going to preach about fishing again, are you? I asked what she meant by that. She said, well, you just preach about fishing too much. They're going to get bored. And you go fishing too much, too, but that's a different story. (laughs) That didn't quite sit well with me. But I let it roll off my back. After all, I do have the patience of a fisherman. (laughs) Then I opened Adam Hamilton's book to the chapter on sharing, and there it was titled, Going Fishing. (laughs) Right below that was... The scripture that Isaac just read to you where Jesus tells us we have to go fishing. That's not divine intervention. I don't know what is. (laughs) Anyway, let's read this scripture so we can talk about fishing. Uh, Jesus. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 11 through 18. So we try to persuade people since we know what it means to fear the Lord. We are well known by God and I hope that in your heart we are well known by you as well. We aren't trying to commend ourselves to you again. Instead, we are giving you an opportunity to be proud of us so that you have an answer for those who take pride in superficial appearance and not what is in the heart. If we are crazy, it's for God's sake. If we are rational, that's for your sake. The love of Christ controls us because we've concluded this. One died for the sake of all, therefore all died. He died for the sake of all so that those who are alive should live not for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. So then, from this point on, we won't recognize people by human standards. Even though we used to know Christ by human standards, that isn't how we know him now. So then if anyone is in Christ, That person is part of a new creation. The old things have gone away. And look, new things have arrived. All of these new things are from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and who gave us the ministry of reconciliation. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It's a beautiful writing there by Paul. The old things have passed away. But I love Paul's argument in the 13th verse. He says, if you think I sound crazy, that's because I'm crazy about God. And if you think I'm making sense, well, I'm trying to do that so that you can understand what I'm saying. It's for your benefit. There's no arguing with that. You know, when I think about sharing and witnessing as it's sometimes called it, it can be a difficult topic for that very reason that Paul addressed hundreds of years ago. We don't want to sound crazy or obsessive or intrusive. 
We don't want to be those people who only talk about church all the time. We want to be well-rounded. Not like the people who only talk about fishing or football or Facebook, whatever it is. As we build relationships in our lives, we, we try to find common ground with people. So sure, we talk about church with church people. But with the unchurched, it's easier to talk about, well, fishing or football or Facebook. Not to mention that in today's world, we, we have a challenge. We have to combat the negative stereotypes of who and what Christians are. We drive down the interstate and, and billboards demand that we repent or burn. And every other week on Facebook, there's a new social media chain about doomsday arriving on Monday. So the more balanced approach, the more reasonable approach can seem like silence. After all, we don't want to be those people who, who beat the Bible into those around us. But if you ask me, that doesn't seem like a very Christ-like approach anyway. So we're left with this. We know that witnessing is part of growing. And we're left with the question, how can we share our faith in ways that are helpful and faithful and, and fruitful? Maybe Paul was on to something. Maybe it helps if we start by accepting the craziness of our situation. Other translations say, if we are beside ourselves, amazed, astounded. But it is a bit crazy, this gospel that has been revealed to us. It is amazing. Like a ride on a roller coaster or a view from a mountaintop or a solar eclipse, words can't really normalize the grace of God. The grace of God can't be normalized. And if we were to try to normalize it, live under the assumption that it, it's really nothing special, the ministry, and mission, evangelism, and fellowship, they all lose their beauty. That happens in some churches. The people only show up in order to maintain their position in society, they try to earn their way into heaven by doing nice things. They forget that forgiveness is an undeserved gift. Before long, they go out and they buy themselves a billboard and it says repent or burn. Because when Christians forget that grace is crazy, then we begin to feel justified in condemning those who are different. Witnessing isn't really hard at that point, but it's not really witnessing anymore. It's shaming. It's stepping into a place of judgment that is reserved for God. And who would want to be in a community like that anyway? A community that shames anyone who's different or anyone who steps out of line or loses track? Not me. So I think it's best if we embrace the crazy. And then when we talk about it, we should say, hey, you might have trouble believing this, but I know about the coolest, craziest thing. The way this verse we sang on Sunday touched me. This person who helped me through a difficult time. This team of people who love one another and serve God together. I know it sounds crazy, but I'll take you there if you want to see. Now I understand if you actually go out into Merle's Inlet, South Carolina, or anywhere in South Carolina with a Bible belt, and you start trying to convince people that, that Sunday worship is this crazy, unconventional thing, they might actually think you've lost your mind. But if we started here, 
in this safe space and took on that mindset that this is crazy, unusual, amazing. What if we paid more attention to how wonderful it is to be together in worship or doing missions or even in difficult meetings as we learn and grow together? What if we made a point to treat one another like it really was crazy and amazing, astounding to share these holy moments together? It would be hard. It would be hard work to show up at church every time we show up here with that mindset. Maybe even harder for us today than it was for Paul and the early Christians who were being persecuted. Certainly they had their own hardships, trust me, but this is one of the few circumstances where it's easier for us to lose sight of the craziness than it might have been for them. But if we want to get better at sharing this church with our community, I say we practice by sharing it here with one another the best we can. Could we be a little more intentional about sharing a loving word with the people we see here? Could we be a little more intentional about giving the person in the pew next to us a reason to laugh on a Sunday morning when they get here? Or if you're worshiping online, could could texting a kind and hopeful message to a friend be a part of what it means to worship? I think if we started there, and soon it would come naturally. When we're on the marsh walk or in the grocery store, the PTA meeting, wherever it is, that same energy takes over and pours out of us. You know, there's two types of fishermen in the world. There's the one who shares their secret spot, and there's the one who won't. Now, some of you think it's crazy to share your secret spot when it comes to fishing. But I'll tell you one thing. Of those two types, there's only one that I like to go fishing with. I was able to go out the other day with a good friend. I won't tell you where we went. <laughs> but he was, he was tearing them up. It was just one after another. This fall weather is perfect for us. He was catching slot reds, bull reds, sea trout, flounder, a little bit of everything. I wasn't really catching much. I'd had a bite or two, but due to carelessness, I let them, them get off. But my buddy, even though he was doing so well, was getting increasingly frustrated. Finally, I asked him, I said, hey, man, it's been a good day. We've done really well. We haven't done this well in a while. What's wrong? He looked at me and said, this isn't how it's supposed to go. So what do you mean? <laughs> this is a great spot. You've been pulling in one after another. He said, yeah, but you were supposed to be catching fish too. After that, I took my fishing a little more seriously and sat back and stared at the rod. The next time I got a bite, I was careful when I set the hook and, and pulled it in. I got that fish in the boat. My friend was thrilled. He jumped up and hugged me and said, nice fish, man. He was grinning from ear to ear. He looked it's a little crazy out there, to be honest with you. But he was sharing the joy that he had found in that secret spot. Some people are obsessed with fishing. Being out in the water, taking a deep breath in in the sunshine, daydreaming about the mystery of what lurks beneath. Before long, they only talk about fishing. They're thinking about it when they're driving down the road, or at work, or even when they're watching a movie with the family. It's they go completely crazy for it. 
So then they can't just stop at catching a fish. They want to take others out, help them catch fish. I've heard about ministries of people who've been started around fishing, taking children with incarcerated parents out and teaching them to fish or with disabilities, letting them catch a fish. It's crazy. But they want to share what they found, what they've witnessed. They want others to witness it for themselves. Sharing and witnessing both imply personal possession. That's why, the, that's why we talk about sharing during stewardship. It's why sharing is a part of our stewardship. Like any act of stewardship, we have to nurture what we have here, what we found in this community of faith. We have to nurture the craziness of these opportunities together. We have to take this ministry of reconciliation, as Paul calls it, It has been started by God and given through Christ to us. And we have to cherish it. Cherish it so much that it pours out of us that we can't keep it a secret, even if we tried. Like a really good fishing spot. That happens when we're more mindful of how amazing it really is. In the same way that my heart skips a beat when when my rod bends over the boat, I bet many of us have had our hearts skip a beat when we drive past this campus at the golden hour of the day. Something about it. Or when we sit down with friends for a Bible study and we take a deep breath and we receive that sense of God's peace and open our Bibles. Our heart skips a beat. It can be easy to overlook due to carelessness. But next time it happens, pay attention. Pay attention to that feeling. If we attend to it, make a point to remember how crazy it really is, we'll be keen to share with others. We'll be even more prepared to share in a responsible, faithful, fruitful, and helpful way. Paul said we won't recognize ourselves by human standards. We'll see the new creation through the lens of Christ's crazy love. The fishermen saw that. They dropped their old nets and their rods and reels. They left their boats, everything that was normal. They followed Christ. He did crazy things. He healed people, prophesied, washed feet. And that was just the beginning of a crazy story. And now that work, that same work that Christ started, the work that defies all the rules of what is normal or deserved or common, has been entrusted to us, the church of Jesus Christ. So let us be good stewards of this gift that is the ministry of reconciliation for all the world. There are two types of fishermen in this world. They're crazy fishermen and they're lonely fishermen. It's up to us to decide who we want to be here at Blaine. One person who's decided that they found something here that's worth sharing, is Betsy Richardson. She's brave enough and kind enough and faithful enough to come up here today and share with you all a little bit about what stewardship here at Blaine means. I'm grateful for what we'll learn from Betsy today and honored to invite her up here now. I'm going to stick to this and read because I am a talker and I tend to ramble. 
and get off track. When Will asked me to share some experiences that my family have had um, as recipients of sharing from this wonderful congregation, I said, well, gosh, that'll be easy. Then he said, keep it to four minutes. <laughs> so Jim Sellers has agreed. I think he actually volunteered to tickle the ivories if I get carried away and, and get over my, my time. <clears throat> I'm Betsy Richardson. My husband Jim and I moved to North Litchfield almost seven years ago from our little hometown, Lake City, which is about 60 miles inland, right down the road. We joined Blaine soon after, so we've been members here for about six and a half years. During this relatively short period of time, we have had some unusual, unexpected bumps in the road that have resulted in some of the biggest outpourings of love and kindness or sharing from this church that we've ever witnessed. I've chosen what I consider the top three <laughs> from our what in the world situations we have been blindsided by to explain what I mean. <clears throat> December 12th, 2018. I got the phone call. I prayed four days a week for four years that I would not get. Jim was involved in a serious car accident on his way home from his daily commute of 60 miles each way through the woods, down back roads, crossing numerous bridges, and usually surrounded by huge log trucks coming and going both ways. He was hit full force on the driver's side by a service van that had sideswiped and ricocheted off an 18-wheeler flatbed in front of him. The service van looked like an accordion afterwards. But thankfully, that driver, as well as all passengers and the other four vehicles involved, walked away unscathed. Jim, on the other hand, did not fare as well. He had to be cut out by the jaws of life, lifted via helicopter to Grand Strand Memorial, which was his home for the next two weeks, including Christmas Day. <clears throat> While there, Jim underwent surgery to put pieces of his broken arm back together, in which there were tons of fragments of, of broken bones and to remove shards of broken glass in an attempt to repair his left arm. It remains held together today by several plates and many screws and is considered functional for everyday activities, but not functional enough to be able to resume practicing in his beloved dental practice of 36 years, and that man loved to work. He was 64 years old and had no plans to retire or even cut back, and he's a lefty. So that took care of that. <clears throat> Five days later, it was discovered that his right foot had also been broken. So surgery number two took place. The foot did not heal as was hoped, and it's still considered fractured, and also held together by plates and screws. Other injuries included a horseshoe-shaped gash in his forehead, several broken bones, and a punctured lung. Needless to say, our next year was filled with doctor's appointments, physical therapy sessions, and learning how to maneuver a wheelchair, a walker, and a cane. From the first hours at the hospital until the last stitches and casts were removed, and Jim was released from doctors and therapy, we were never alone, largely due to the overwhelming sharing of this church 
of blame. And by sharing, I mean visits that always included prayer by blind ministers beginning in the trauma unit right through to the time we were home in our den, hospital visits, phone calls, text messages, emails, and cards from members of our Sunday school class, our small group, and my ladies circle. <clears throat> there were constant offers to help take Jim to appointments and therapy sessions, offers to run any errands we may have needed to have run, and offers to just come and sit with Jim so that I could walk outside and catch some fresh air. And the food, my goodness, the food. <laughs> oh my goodness, I thought Baptists like to eat. <laughs> it was unbelievable. We finally just had to say, stop. Y'all, stop. We were just so overwhelmed. We just, we just couldn't get over it. With the indescribable sharing from this church, we almost felt guilty. We wrapped up and bid good riddance to 2019 and eagerly welcomed a new year that we hoped was filled with great health and good times. And it was <laughs> for three and a half weeks. That's when we got the dreaded news that Jim's younger sister, Ann, who was lovingly also known as Bug by everybody, had a recurrence of cervical cancer from a surgery two years prior. As one of her doctors described it, the cancer came back with a vengeance. He wasn't kidding. We were given that diagnosis on Wednesday, and four days later, Bug went to heaven. Her service was well attended by lifelong friends and family, which is expected in a small town, and so often happens. But what wasn't expected was for me to look up and see members of Blaine, again from our Sunday school, <clears throat> small group and circle, who had never met Bug, who drove 60 miles to share their time, their love, their support, and encouragement. That is sharing. Finally, the third wackadoodle situation, April 2nd, 2021, Good Friday, the day our daughter and son-in-law were married. COVID reactions, um, excuse me, restrictions were still pretty tight, so they decided to stay fairly close and um, have their honeymoon in the St. Petersburg, Tampa area. We wished them a safe and fun trip, didn't anticipate to hear from them for about a week, as honeymoons go. Around lunchtime on Monday, I got a text from our daughter the bride on her honeymoon that read, <laughs> Forrest has had a seizure. We're on the way to Tampa General. We'll call when I know more. Long story short, Forrest had a grand mal seizure while driving. In Tampa, Florida, where the traffic is horrendous, with our daughter, our bride, in the car. Thankfully, he lifted his foot off the gas pedal at the beginning of the seizure. Emily realized what was happening and was able to unbuckle her seatbelt, press the brake with her hand, and stop the car. Three Good Samaritans instantly appeared, called 911, and stayed with them until the ambulance arrived. It was soon determined that Forrest had fractured seven vertebrae, which required surgery to place a titanium rod in his back. Emily was told by several doctors that Forrest came within inches of being paralyzed. Jim and I packed a bag, struck out on the nine-hour drive to St. Petersburg, 
as our daughter says, not everybody can claim that their mom and daddy spent their honeymoon with them, which is what we did. Much of our travel time down was spent answering my phone, responding to text messages from family, friends, and you guessed it, pastors and members from Blaine sharing prayers, concern, uplifting messages, and even offering to drive us down. Six days later, we brought the newlyweds home to their new house in Merle's Inlet and were immediately contacted by our small group, most of whom who had never met Emily or Forrest, informing us that they would be providing dinner for them for the next two weeks. Emily and Forrest were blown away. Now that is sharing with the capital S. So I say this to you, um, You know, it's just, it's just overwhelming what this church has done for us. That is sharing. You've got examples all around you. So this is my advice. Go ahead and share. Share that smile, that nod, that thumbs up, that text, that emoji, that phone call, that visit, that prayer, that pound cake, and that casserole. Share these things and know that you are not only walking the walk, but you are living examples of the hands and feet of Jesus. We are so humbled <clears throat> and we are so grateful. Thank you, Betsy. Those are beautiful examples of what sharing looks like and the difference that it can make. This time I invite our ushers to come forward so that we can return God's tithes and add our offerings as we continue in worship. You can do that here in person and for those online. You can also give using our website or on Realm or by text as well. Thank you. When we 
Please pray with me the prayer of thanksgiving found in your order of worship. Almighty God, giver of every good and perfect gift, teach us to render to you all that we have and all that we are, that we may praise you, not with our lips only, but with our whole lives, turning the duties, the sorrows, and the joys of all our days into a living sacrifice to you through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. by the grace of God, tell the old and beloved story and let its goodness pour out of you as you take up God's ministry of reconciliation. Amen. <laughs> 